You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for baseball talk on the radio during the baseball offseason and the hot stove starting to heat up, especially this week as teams had to make their uh, 40-man rosters known and, and make those moves that add space, take away space. Some trades were made and the Guardians no different as they set that 40-man roster. They had to do so this week. Also some non-tenders on Friday. Uh, so certain players becoming free agents and we'll recap that for you shortly. But coming up on this week's show in just a little bit, we will hear the first of seven walk-off wins during the regular season for the Guardians in our Game of the Week segment. A look back at some of the great games of 2022 Spoiler alert, it was a Stephen Kwan walk-off base hit in early May against the Padres. That's the subject of our Game of the Week this week. We'll also hear from Chris Antonetti, who was named Major League Baseball's Executive of the Year last week. And Chris has some thoughts on that and what it means to the organization as a whole, much more so than him. And then also we will hear shortly from Terry Francona, the Guardians manager named American League Manager of the Year for the third time as a Guardians manager or a Cleveland manager, we should say, twice with the Indians and now this year with the Guardians. Great work by Tito this season with Major League Baseball's youngest roster. But first, a look at some of the player moves that the Guardians have made this week. They announced the following transactions relative to the club's 40-man roster, selecting the contracts of infielder Angel Martinez and pitcher Joey Cantillo from AA Akron. They also picked up the contract of left-handed pitcher Tim Heron from AAA Columbus. They traded right-hander Carlos Vargas, who we saw for a brief time in the major leagues this season. He's on to the Arizona Diamondbacks in exchange for pitcher Ross Carver. And uh, perhaps the, the biggest news in terms of a bright young prospect who's on the move now, oh, Nolan Jones, who made his major league debut and was impressive uh, for some stints with the Guardians this season. He's been traded to the Colorado Rockies for highly regarded young infielder prospect Juan Brito. And uh, Brito will be placed on the 40-man roster. Designated for assignment, left-hander Kirk McCarty and uh, Anthony Goes also uh, designated for assignment as well out of that Guardians bullpen. And then later in the week, Goes was non-tendered, but he can still sign back with the Guardians as a free agent. Same holds true for catcher Luke Maley. He was non-tendered as well. So some roster moves made by the Guardians, 
And uh, as we move along here, uh, we'll see how that impacts the roster getting closer to spring training. But as we continue on our show, we'll take a break, and then we'll hear from Guardians manager Terry Francona, a third American League Manager of the Year Award for Tito. And we'll hear from him when we return after this timeout. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Six to five twins. Two out. Two two count runner at third bottom of the tenth. Here it comes. A swing and a fly ball. Deep left field. Down the line it goes. Gordon in the corner. Go! Josh Naylor down the left field line. It's a game winner and a mob scene at home plate. And the Guardians have stunned the Twins again. Four runs in the bottom of the 10th. And Cleveland has beaten Minnesota 7-6 in 10 innings. Unbelievable! Down to their last strike, and Naylor headbutting Tito, who had a batting helmet on. And Josh Naylor has broken about 15 different hands with his high five. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, and we are happy to be joined by American League Manager of the Year, third time for Terry Francona. And uh, Tito, great to have you along. I have a hunch we're going to talk about this award, but we're not going to talk about you. And, and you you kind of like it that way, and maybe that's the, the big key to this whole thing. Rosie, you couldn't have said it better. I love the way you said that. When, when you look at it, and I'll take you back to the celebration in Texas when the team clinched uh, the American League Central I had two coaches, uh, veterans, Carl Willis and Sandy Alomar, and then also a, a younger coach and Kyle Hudson, who both said, the beauty of this thing is Tito lets us coach. He lets us do our jobs. And, and is that really one, one of the biggest keys and, and something that carries well over the course of a long season? Yeah, Rosie. I mean, that's, that's what I believe in. But in saying that, they have to be able to do their job. You can't turn them loose unless they're really good at what they do. And, and 
you know, I, I hope people realize just how strongly I feel about these guys when I talk about them, because it's not just talk. I mean, you just brought up some name, Carl Willis, Sandy Alomar, Mike Sarbaugh, you know, those are the veteran guys. And then, you know, you've Chris Valleca and Huddy and Thule and Sweeney. I mean, my goodness sakes. I mean, those guys coached and through ups and downs and, you know, it, and, and it, it's fun because when you let them go, you know, I don't want them looking over their shoulder. I, I that, that doesn't work, I don't think. I mean, it, again, it's different everywhere, but I want them to have the freedom to, to go be a good coach. How long did it take you as a major league manager to, to feel that way and, and to trust it and say, hey, I can rely on my coaches? You know, Rosie, the, uh, when I went to Philadelphia, I was, well, I think I was 36 or 37 years old. And I was literally learning on the run. Because and in the minor leagues, you know, you do everything. You know, you throw BP, you you help the hitters, you help every. And then when I got to Philadelphia, all of a sudden I realized that, wait a minute, you know, you have different responsibilities as a major league manager. And it was hard for me to let go. And I probably didn't do it as well as I should have. But it helped me learn that, okay, you know, that's why it was so important to get the right coaches because to let go, you got to know these guys are going to do it. Like I know when, when I tell DeMar, DeMarlo and I talk about stuff and I leave the room, I know it's getting done like it's supposed to. That's a really good feeling. And all this happens with, with the youngest team in baseball. Take us back maybe even a year ago this time or, or uh, after the lockout when it started to become apparent that it would be a young team. Uh, what were some of the keys early on to, to make sure that this team could play to the best of its ability? I know it, it's hard to predict wins and losses and things like that, but at least to know that they could play to the best of their abilities. Well, I'll take you back maybe even a little further. One of the biggest things for me was Chris and Cherney sat me down and kind of explained to me, you know, the amount of guys we were protecting and, and what that could mean for, for us leading into the year. So it gave me a chance to kind of digest it and, you know, and, and, and understand it because that's important. Um, and then I kind of turned around and tried to do the same for the coaches. And then when we got to spring training, you know, nobody's ever going to concede anything. I don't care what your payroll is or what your ages are. And I told our guys, or I asked our guys, I said, Hey, this is how I think we can survive and not just survive, but thrive. Well, okay. Just cause you say that doesn't mean, you know, guys are going to do it. And, and so often everybody talks about things like that. The first day of spring training, we talked about it every single day. And the guys did a great job. And then as it got going, you could tell they were taking pride in it and taking ownership. And that's when it really starts to get special. You mentioned it, Chris and, and Cherney talked about how young it could be. Did you ever think 17 major league debuts would, would happen in one season? Well, you know, I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't think about ever counting. But I do, and being real honest, we talked about not being afraid to be young. Like if we were going to be young, let's be young. Like, let's find out. Let's not, you know, and I think of the trade deadline, I think I made the comment about not muddy in the waters. It didn't mean we didn't want to get better, 
but in situations where we had guys playing, we wanted to see if they could do it because if the answer was yes, it can shortcut, you know, our, our path to getting back to what we want to be a lot quicker. And, and we had lots of conversations about lots of things, but we wanted to see our guys play. And in some instances, I'll give you one like like Will Benson, having him come up and sit the bench. I thought I did him a disservice. It, it doesn't mean he can't play, but putting him in that role wasn't fair to him. So, you know, hopefully when we see him in spring training and he's getting a chance to play, we can see what he really is. Terry Francona joining us, third-time American League Manager of the Year, all with Cleveland. And Tito, uh, well-documented, a, a struggle for you health-wise the, the two prior seasons, and I know it was not easy for you to, to not be with the team for periods of time. You make it through this season, and I don't know if, if, if this was a, a factor or not, but does a young team like, like you had, does, does that help you feel better along the way? Is, is there any correlation there? Yeah, and I mentioned it yesterday to the guys on the MLB thing that, you know, one of our responsibilities or our goals as a staff is to try to get these guys to believe. And I actually think the way they played, they helped us believe. And that's pretty cool thing. Um, just watching guys, you know, like Quan and Jimenez and Ahmed and, you know, Oscar, I mean, Miles Straw, the way he played center field, Hedgy and, our, and, and, and Maley, the way they just were warriors behind the plate, you know, watching Naylor, you know, just fight through all he had to fight through, seeing Hosey be one of the very best players in the game. I mean, shoot, man, it, 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 it was fun. And, and, and you get close to these guys, and, and there's, there's reasons for that. And when you look at, at some of the young guys coming in, and you mentioned so many names there, some veterans and some, some young players alike, the young players all said they, when they got here, they felt like they belonged. And, and did you see that? And how did, what was the impact that you could make to, to allow that to happen? Well, we tried to impress upon them that, hey, the quicker the veterans know you care about winning, the quicker you're going to be accepted in the clubhouse. And our guys did a great job of that because it's not always easy. I mean, it, it looks easy on paper, but when you're trying to find your footing, you know, in our league, and then we're asking you to, hey, pay attention to the scoreboard, you know. You know, sometimes you're over four and you're thinking, my goodness, are they going to send me back to AAA? They did a great job of playing to win and and understanding that, you know, some you're not always going to get hits. It's If you're basing your happiness on hits or getting outs as a pitcher, you're in for a long year. But for the kids that young to, to understand it that quickly, that was pretty remarkable. I know you mentioned after the season, it, it has to be a jumping off point uh, this season that, that I think for many fans wise was, was certainly unexpected. Uh, when you look at that, how quickly do you, do you change gears and, and go from, from relaxing and, and recharging the batteries to really getting excited about the new season? Well, I mean, I, I, I got excited enough and I care enough that Five minutes after we lost to the Yankees, I made sure I explained to the guys that it is a jumping off point. 
um, because that's, you know, again, I, we all have to decompress and get away from the game and everything, but I didn't want that message to, to, to get past because I do care about our guys and our team and our organization. And I thought it was, a, a there's no time like the present. I thought, okay, they need to hear that now, even as disappointed as they were, we need to use this and move on and get better. But, you know, everybody needs to get away for a while and, like I say, decompress. And then, then you start getting after it again and you start getting excited. The holidays come around. And it, it's amazing how the clock works every year. You know, you get around to January and the, you start getting excited again. It's, it's amazing how that works. And, Tito, I know you've always said how much you've enjoyed your time here in Cleveland for so many reasons, both with the ball club and city-wise. Uh, so far this fall, it, I mean, it's a, a thing. Tito sightings at Cavs games, Browns games. Are you, you enjoying that, that part of it too? <laughs> you know, I, I, I took advantage of, because I had to stick around, you know, to get that procedure done. And um, I went to a Browns game. I went to two Cavs games. And the people, are, they're so nice. I mean, shoot, Kevin Safansky let me sit in his suite um, you know, I sat behind the Cavs bench one night and on the court the other night, the people from Bally helped me out. I mean, and, and I love that because if I tried to do that during our season, I guarantee I wouldn't even see the game, but I can unplug after our season and enjoy it. And, and I was even kidding with, with JB and Kevin. I said, you know, guys, I said, you're at work now. I said, I can relax and enjoy this and have some popcorn and maybe a beer and watch this game. I can't do that during our year. Well, I know that people appreciate what you do during the, the Guardian season, and it led to a Manager of the Year award once again. Tito, congratulations. Thanks so much for coming by, and we'll catch up with you soon. Rosie, thanks. I'll see you soon, okay? Boy, what a 10 years it has been for Terry Francona as manager of the Cleveland franchise as he continually puts Cleveland in contention, not only for a postseason berth, but occasionally – in a situation where they could accomplish much more than that, as we saw back in 2016. But this year, a postseason berth in a year where I think from the outside, so many looked at the youth of the roster and said, well, a rebuilding season, a chance to find out about some players. And man, they found out about some players, all right. And uh, they found out they had some winning players on this ball club. And they had a postseason berth and an exciting October while it lasted uh, this past fall. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll visit with Chris Antonetti, the president of baseball operations. He won an award as well, the executive of the year in Major League Baseball. And we'll talk to Chris about that and what that means about the organization when we come back after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Karinczak's ready, and the payoff pitch. A swing and a pop-up. Foul territory behind the plate. Luke Bailey is there. He makes the catch. Ball game. The Guardians American League Central Division champs for the 11th time. And hugs all around between the third base foul line and the pitcher's mound as Cleveland wins it in style. The pitch, strike three, called ball game. Save number 41 for Classe. Win number 13 for Beaver. And the Guardians, for the fifth time in the last six full years, have won 90 games under Terry Francona. Morgan, long look in by the right-hander out of Gonzaga. He's ready. Here it comes. A swing and a skied fly ball into shallow left. Rosario's there, makes the catch, ball game. And the regular season finale is a 9-2 route for the Cleveland Guardians, who today played game number 162 like it was the season opener. The right-handers pitch. A swing and a high fly, deep left center field. It is gone! Hello, New York! Oscar Gonzalez sends the Guardians to the division series. A mob scene at home plate. A towering solo homer to left center to end this marathon incredible playoff game. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, and we are joined by another one of the postseason award winners, Chris Antonetti, who is named Major League Baseball's Executive of the Year. And Chris, I, I know for you, and, and we, we talked about it with Tito a little bit earlier in the show, it's really an opportunity when you're recognized to, to really recognize others in the organization. And, and when you get an award like this, what does it mean to the entire organization? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it's uncomfortable to get individual attention for a collective success. And I think the thing that I reflect back on is that I'm so privileged to work alongside so many great people throughout the organization. And, um, you know, we've I've benefited from that throughout my time uh, in Cleveland. It's now 25 years and we have such a great group of people that care so much about winning and wanting to win the right way. And uh, the way in which we work together, I think, is one of the things that helps separate our organization. And we get contributions from every area because we're all pulling in the same direction. And um, to have that opportunity to work, side, uh, work alongside great teammates in the clubhouse, in the front office, uh, and player development and scouting, and then with Tito and our major league coaching staff, it's just really a great environment where everyone's contributing. And Chris, when the organization has a tremendous reputation throughout baseball of of placing people who are in this front office in key positions with other clubs. How do you keep that going here when you lose so many qualified and good people? Well, it starts with always trying to attract and retain, you know, and identify, attract, retain, and develop the best people we can. And uh, that starts with our hiring process and the people we try to bring into the organization. And then we try to do the best we can to have a developmental environment where people can grow and learn and continue to get better every day. And as long as we keep doing that and cultivating that type of pipeline, hopefully we'll continue to be an attractive place for people to come to work. And uh, if that leads to additional opportunities and leadership opportunities here, that's fantastic. 
drastic, but in some cases that might lead to others taking opportunities with other organizations. And I think that's a really healthy sign for us organizationally if that continues to happen. Every season's different. What made this one special and maybe even more challenging at the outset to, to have success in the end? Rosie, just rewinding a year, uh, we weren't sure exactly what to expect. We made the unprecedented decision to add 11 players to our 40-man roster, and that we knew would necessitate a little bit of a different uh, approach to team building. And really, our we talked about it in spring training, our success was going to be dependent upon how well that group of players emerged and contributed to winning games at the major league level and the way in which they came together to form an identity as a team. And we couldn't have been more fortunate with the number of guys who took advantage of those opportunities to contribute to helping our team win throughout the course of the season. And to get that type of contribution from so many young players is uh, very atypical, um, but I think it really positions us well as we head into the offseason. Was there some apprehension at the time that, that the decisions were made that, all right, this is the route we're taking? Uh, how much was there from that standpoint of, oh, boy, this could go either way? There was both uh, apprehension and concern, but also excitement. I think we just didn't know exactly what to expect. I think we believed in that group of players. And, again, they're p players that are familiar to us, even if they weren't familiar to our fans. They had been players that we acquired uh, through our acquisition channels, whether that's a draft, Latin America, or trades, and had been in our player development system for the most part. So we had a good idea of what to expect. And I would give those groups great credit for identifying the right players to bring in and creating a great developmental environment. So when there was that opportunity at the major league level, they were prepared to take advantage of it. And I think that's exciting more than anything else. Fans will look forward to spring training, obviously, because of, of what happened this year in optimism. Uh, we're two weeks out of the World Series being completed. It's a gray Thursday afternoon as we re record this. What's going on here, baseball ops-wise, in terms of, of being ready to go and hit the ground running for 2023? It's a really busy time for us, Rosie. I think the way we look at this offseason is we have an opportunity. Uh, we have an opportunity to build a contending team that's capable of winning the World Series, but that's not just going to happen. We can't rest on what uh, happened in the 2022 season and just expect to get better. Each of us throughout the organization need to be focused on what can we do better to improve, how can we help prepare our players that are here, uh, be ready for spring training and ready to compete and succeed in a long season? And then where are those external opportunities where we can potentially add to the group of players we have? Um, and so that's one of the areas we're focused, and we've got a lot of other things going on throughout the organization with staffing and all sorts of other considerations. And you bring back a manager of the year. How important is that? Oh, it's uh, indescribable to, to talk about how much of an impact Tito continues to have on the organization. I'm so fortunate, and we are so fortunate to have him as a leader of not just our major league team, but as a leader within our organization because he makes an impact on so many different levels within the team environment, on individual players, on the, the culture of our major league team, and, and ultimately the culture of the organization. And um, I'm grateful that Tito continues to feel energized and excited and physically able to, to continue in the role because um, he makes a huge difference. Grace, congratulations on, on the 2022 season. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, Rosie. As always, my pleasure. That's Cleveland's president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti. Not only a great 2022 season, but he has been extremely busy since the season concluded. And uh, you're starting to see some of those moves take shape, and there'll be more to come for sure between now and spring training as uh, the Guardians try and build on what was a tremendous 2022 campaign. Stay tuned. When we come back, it's our Game of the Week segment. 
That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. But folks, this puppy isn't over. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, I noticed it's been a few minutes since you thought about when your quarterback ran into his own teammate and fumbled, technically forcing his own fumble, and then the other team took it in for a score, and then you couldn't turn on the TV for a month without being constantly reminded of the time your quarterback sacked himself and fumbled. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Rosenau is back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as we welcome you back into Guardians Weekly on a winter-like weekend. Hopefully our Game of the Week segment to wrap up our show this week warms you up a little bit, thinking back to some of the great times of the 2022 season. And there were so many memorable games, including seven regular season walk-off wins at Progressive Field, two more in the postseason, and the very first of the year came in early May with the Padres in town. Turned out to be a doubleheader, making up a game that was postponed the day before. And in game one of that twin bill, the Padres won it by a final score of 5-4 to four as former Cleveland pitcher Mike Clevenger pitched well in his 2022 debut for San Diego. And the Padres came away with that one-run victory. So in game two, heading into the game, the Guardians at this point in the year, and again, this was early May, they were below the 500 mark. They were just 10 and 13 entering game two. And just like in game one, the Padres jumped out to an early lead with three runs in the first inning. And just like in game one, the Guardians tried to scratch their way back into it. And they got on the board in the third. The bases were loaded. And at that time, the most respected hitter in baseball, Jose Ramirez, was at the plate. Bases loaded, 3-0 and the count. Here it comes. And he threw him a slider and missed outside. Ball four. A run comes in on a bases loaded walk to Jose Ramirez. And it's now a three to one game. So after there were two men out, back to back singles, the bases loaded walk. Here comes Ruben Niebla out of the first base dugout. And Jose Ramirez, you talk about respect. They'd rather pitch around you with the bases loaded. It wasn't the Joe Madden intentional walk, but it sure looked like an unintentional intentional walk. On the mound, Cal Quantrill, after that difficult start in the first inning, really settled in after giving up those early runs. Now the one-two. Swing and a miss. Quantrill got him with a changeup. Boy, I'll tell you what, Cal Quantrill didn't give up a run 
and he didn't give up a hit in his last five innings. And he's given this club a chance to win. Then in the seventh, the Guardians pulled within a run thanks to Ernie Clement. Here is the 0-1. A swing and a line drive to deep left field. This ball is headed for the wall. Ricochets off the wall. Ricochets toward left center. That'll enable Hedges to come around. Here's the throw to the plate. It's high. The slide safe at the plate. The high throw enabled Hedges to elude the tag of Alfaro going in with a feet first slide. And Clement has an RBI double and it's a one run game. But the Padres responded with two big runs in the top half of the eighth inning to take a five to two lead. Boy, and that looked like it, it might be the, the old straw that broke the camel's back in this one, but the Guardians got right back into it. They went to work in the bottom half of the eighth inning, couple of men on for hot hitting Andre Simenez. The payoff. Swung on a chopper to third, fielded on the short hop and off the glove of Machado. And it goes into left field as Machado couldn't come up with it. Into scores, Miller Reyes to third. Machado charged that at third, trying to make the play off the short hop, and it glanced off his glove. And Cleveland gets a gift run. And the next man up was a former Padre, Austin Hedges. Here it comes. A swing and a looping liner to right. It's going to get down for a base hit near the line. Reyes scores. Jimenez to third. And now it's a 5-4 to four ball game. Austin Hedges with a two-hit day. An opposite field single to right. His fifth RBI. And that air has enabled Cleveland to stay in this game. And then Josh Naylor, another former Padre, Pinch hitting delivered the biggest hit of the inning. Suarez a look over the shoulder to first. Hedges isn't going anywhere. The pitch. Swung on line drive, base hit to center. We are tied at five. In to score, Jimenez. Hedges makes the turn. He'll scamper to third. And a pinch hit RBI single by Josh Naylor has tied this game at five. How about that? Naylor off the bench, got down in the count 0-2, and rips a game-tying RBI single to center. And now Cleveland's got a chance to take the lead. So the game was tied at five, and on to extra innings we went. The Padres started the top half of the 10th with that runner at second base. Nick Sandlin was on the mound for the Guardians, trying to find a way out of it. Infield, looking to turn two and get out of it. The set, the pitch. Swung on a chopper toward short. Rosario to second, one. Relay to first, double play! They got it! Oh, what a turn by Jimenez! On a chopper that you didn't think they could turn two on, Rosario and Jimenez do just that. Bases loaded, one out, and Sandlin gets out of it. And this game stays tied at five. Bottom of the 10th, Owen Miller was the ghost runner at second. Fran Mill Reyes led off getting hit by a pitch, and that put two men on for the rookie, Stephen Kwan. Lament is ready. Here it comes. Swung on a chopper to first. In the right field, a base hit. Around third is Miller coming home. A Zokar's throw to the plate, not in time! Miller scores with a slide, and Stephen Kwan has his first Major League walk-off base hit. 
And Cleveland with its first walk-off win of the year. The Guardians with three two-out runs in the eighth to tie it. And then Stephen Kwan banged a single between first and second into right field to score Owen Miller from second. And Cleveland gets a split in this doubleheader, winning the nightcap in 10 innings, 6-5. to five. Boy, who knew at that point that that was really just the tip of the iceberg for Stephen Kwan on what would become a tremendous rookie season. And after the game, he talked about his approach in that final at-bat with the game on the line. Yeah, no, the guy had a really good fastball, so I had to respect it. Um, spun me playing four sliders in a row. So after that third one, I kind of had an idea of how it was working. Uh, saw one up, took a chance at it, and still a great pitch. Obviously got me to you know hit it in the ground a couple times. But, uh, yeah, it was Good pitch to swing at. What was that celebration like for you? Oh, it was cool. Instant blackout right when I got to first. Right when I got that first, the uh, water hit me in the face. I don't even remember what happened. The next thing I know, we're in the line saying good game to each other. So that was pretty cool. Remember the last time you hit a ballpark? It's been a while. Um, probably in like high A or something. A little bleeder over the third baseman's head, I think. So that was much cooler. What's it mean to come back the way you guys did? Uh, you know, get a split today after this this team has been so streaky the last, you know, several series that it was either all or nothing. Yeah, I think today uh, really showed our team's character. I mean, even in that first game, we were in it the whole way. Um, hitting's contagious. You know, one of our guys comes up, gets a knock, and the next couple of guys get the same thing. Same with the second game, you know. Josh comes off the bench, gets a knock. Um, I got guys coming up to me before, kind of telling me what the pitchers got. Um, whole team effort, you know. Ernie gave me some voodoo magic down in the locker room. Owen had to beat that out, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. So this is your guys' first win against a team with a winning record this year, uh, especially against a team like the Padres, who were sixteen and nine before, we were sixteen and eight before this loss. How big is it to, you know, as a young team to get a win over an experienced team like that? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really validating. I think we already believe that we can beat any team, but kind of seeing the proof in the pudding right there, I think that's really a. Uh, like I said, really validating, and it's kind of hopefully we can kind of take the momentum and, and ride with it. So there was the first of seven walk-off wins for the Guardians at Progressive Field regular season. Two more memorable walk-offs in the postseason, both courtesy of Oscar Gonzalez, one that wrapped up the American League wildcard series against Tampa Bay, a home run, and then his uh, walk-off base hit that won game three of the series against the Yankees at Progressive Field in the American League Division Series. So, boy, so many nights of, of outstanding comeback wins for the Guardians and late-inning dramatics for Cleveland this season. And that was the first right there of nine over the course of the regular season and the postseason. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will have a show Thanksgiving weekend, so hopefully you can join us next weekend. Until then... For Brian Matze, who always does great work putting together our shows each week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.